Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Monday, January the 14th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we've got some coordinator talk to get to, a list of potential employees under Brian Flores' surfaces. We'll use those names to connect some dots, plus how Miami can adopt the dominant defense displayed by Flores' Patriots on Sunday, and we'll finish it up with some quarterback prospect talk and the NFL playoffs. But first, really quick... I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins and check out LockedOnDolphins.com. We had lots of new content from the weekend go up there, so please check out LOD.com. And of course, last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. We have a very busy Sunday slash Monday show for you guys. Let's go ahead and get rolling. That's another Miami Dolphins. And first on today's Locked On Dolphins podcast is brought to you by MyBookie, where you play, you win, you get paid. And it was a bit of a whirlwind of a weekend as far as the Miami Dolphins coaching search goes. If you have not listened to the podcast from late Friday night, a breaking news emergency podcast referring to the imminent hiring of Brian Flores, the de facto defensive coordinator of the New England Patriots. He is technically the play caller and linebackers coach, but that sounds like it is official going forward now as the Patriots remain in the playoffs, but once they are eliminated, it is likely to be Brian Flores as the 10th head coach of the Miami Dolphins. So check out Saturday's podcast if you have not done so yet. But while they're still playing, we can't really talk about him just yet. We will talk about the Patriots' defense and the playoffs later on in this episode. But first, some of his priorities to fill out his staff are starting to become more public knowledge for us as the defensive side of the football has some concrete names out there, according to Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald. He says that Patrick Patrick Graham, rather, the current linebackers coach in Green Bay, who worked with Flores in New England previously, is on that list of names that could possibly hire him to coach the defense under Flores. And this kind of goes with the idea that Flores is going to be more of a leadership role, a guy that's going to take on the CEO aspect of things and maybe kind of put the general coaching of things off to the side and delegate to his coordinators. And that was something that Evan Lazar on that Saturday podcast or or late Friday podcast, I should say, talked about was the Patriots' ability to delegate down to their coaching staff. And that's something that I figure Brian Flores will want to do as well when he gets to Miami is kind of give those guys the opportunity to do their job. And he's given these names out of some experienced guys that have head coaching experience, which makes me think that is in fact the case. And one more thing before I move on to these other names on this list was Jeff Darlington talking about over the weekend that while... Brian Flores is under that Bill Belichick tree. Every one of the guys that has come before him kind of has a similar look and feel to that Bill Belichick fit to the Bill Belichick tree itself. And Darlington says that something that everyone universally talks about with Brian Flores is that he is different than those previous ones before him. There's just something different that he maybe is a little bit less rigid than the others. So 
you know, it doesn't, who knows what it means. We'll find out come two, three seasons from now. But whatever that means, I guess it's good that they're different. It, will they win more games because of that? We'll find out. He's going to have to be good at much other things as well. And part of that is filling out his staff and getting back into that staff. Brett Bielema, the former coach of the Wisconsin Badgers and Arkansas Razorbacks. And he is a bit of a blast from the past because he hasn't been in an official role as a coach in a couple of years. But he does currently serve as a consultant to the head coach in New England, the Dwight Schrute role up in New England, to Bill Belichick. He also has extensive head coaching experience, like I mentioned, at Wisconsin, where he won 75% of his games back there in college. And then he had a failed stint at Arkansas. But both of those college stops by way of Brett Bielema Give the Dolphins a pair of interesting connections in regards to possible player acquisitions we could see this coming offseason. Up first, Brett Bielema interviewed for the vacant Dolphins job back in 2012 and told Jeff Ireland and company that they should draft Russell Wilson in that draft. Jeff Ireland did not like that. They hired Joe Philbin and drafted Ryan Tannehill instead. And more recently, Brett Bielema was the head coach at Arkansas when Trey Flowers played there. Flowers is a 25-year-old free agent-to-be coming up from the Patriots this season, and the connection there with Brett Bielema when he played under him at Arkansas, as well as Brian Flores with the Patriots, could be enough to win him over to bring him to Miami to sign here. And people might say, why would he choose the Dolphins over the Patriots? It's easy, guys. Money. Money talks. And if the Dolphins want to spend money, it's not the younger free agents, the guys that can impact your football team in 2020 or 2021. It's the older free agents that are 30-plus years old that Stephen Ross probably does not want to kick around with. He wants guys that, that can contribute to his football team maybe now, but more importantly down the line in the future. And we'll talk about what Trey Flowers' fit on this team could be later in the show as well. As far as the offensive side of the staff, a two-man list was revealed, which is more encouraging to me than the easy dot that everyone one seems to be connecting to Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell, of course, has worked with some high-profile players and Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning in Indianapolis, but he's never actually held the title of offensive coordinator in the NFL, and he would also institute a more classic style of offense, a more refined throwback style of offense as well, which to me isn't the direction of the current NFL. But the two names that were reported and confirmed by Albert Breer do perpetuate the modernized NFL on the offensive side of the ball the way I would personally prefer. Cliff Kingsbury and Greg Roman. Now, since those names became public knowledge at Flores' first interview, which he submitted to the Miami Dolphins as potential coaches he'd want to bring with him or have a chance to bring with him, Cliff Kingsbury has since, as you know, been hired as the head coach in Arizona, while Greg Roman was promoted to the offensive coordinator in Baltimore. So both those guys are off the list. But the interesting part there is that the Kingsbury spread attack and preference for a quarterback like the guy I talk about every episode, Kyler Murray, whereas Greg Roman instituted this current Ravens attack, or at least had a hand in doing so to some degree, and he also was the OC for the 49ers in the Colin Kaepernick era when he had those big couple of years that took him to the Super Bowl and all that fun stuff. So all of that is to be said with the knowledge that nothing can become official with this coaching staff until the Patriots lose, which they did not do that on Sunday, not even close. Coming up on the other side of this podcast here, we'll talk more about Brian Flores' potential defense and the pieces that could make that work. We'll do that next here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. But first, a word from my bookie. And with just three games left in the NFL season, the two conference championship games and the Super Bowl, now is the time to get in on the action with my bookie. 
You don't want to be that guy sitting there during these last couple of games with no rooting interest as our Miami Dolphins season is now officially over, watching the games with your friends and family who all have a preferred interest in the games. Not this year, not with Super Bowl 53 right around the corner. It truly is the best time of year. And make sure you're ready for the daily action by signing up at MyBookie. They pay fast when you win. Ownership really cares about good quality customer service, and they can offer some of the craziest props in the industry. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on, and if you want to make some money during this playoff season, you got to go with my bookie. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Check them out yourself, and when you join now, my bookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have a nice bankroll for this playoff season and roll it right into March Madness. Use promo code Locked On when you deposit to activate that offer. That's promo code locked on at my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Just three games left in the NFL season before it all comes to an end and we can all officially turn our attention to the NFL offseason. And unfortunately for the Miami Dolphins, their target at head coach cannot be brought in until those pesky New England Patriots lose a football game to end their season. And the Senior Bowl is just a week away in terms of teams getting out there for the actual practices themselves. They'll be out there on Monday getting ready for all those practices before the game on the Saturday before the Super Bowl. So we need to get this thing rolling here a little bit. Hopefully we can get some more clarification as to when that staff goes from being a potential group to the official staff of the Miami Dolphins. And in the first segment, I talked about Trey Flowers and his connection to Brett Bielema. And that came from a quote where I retweeted Devon Godshaw saying that Trey Flowers is really underrated. And I just got the wheels turned there thinking about the potential to move forward with the staff and get these guys playing. And I want to talk about how some of these pieces could fit into this defense. So first, let's go ahead and talk about some of the principles of this Patriots defense and something the Dolphins could have next year under Brian Flores. And this comes from a tweet from James Light. He is at James A. Light. Do the New England Patriots run a 4-3 even front? Even front just means you have an even number of guys that are down in the three-point stance or four-point stance in that front part of the alignment. And this particular defense is a two-gap and one-gap hybrid, which means different players have different responsibilities in terms of how many gaps they want to take. It's a very tough defense to run the football against. They run some Tampa 2 principles where the strong safety comes down to the box as well with some cover three techniques. So think about maybe Minka Fitzpatrick back in that free safety role with Xavier Howard or whoever your second corner is on the outside with Rashad Jones patrolling inside as a strong safety box safety type of player, which really, like we talked about, is very tough for the opposing team to run the football against and it forces them to throw into tight windows into man coverage and if you get someone to match Howard's play on the other side that defense could become really really effective now what they do up front in terms of alignment and certain responsibilities you're going to have two two gap nose tackles or defensive tackles up front which means they line up right over the guard and they're going to be responsible for either side of that guard in terms of two gapping the defense so they're going to have to play more read and react so the pass rush is more difficult to assemble from that position on the inside of the defense Now, as far as what will work there, I personally don't think Devon Godshaw is the best option for a two-gapper in that spot. I think his best... His best football is playing straight forward, where his pad leverage is underneath his offensive lineman, and he can just stand his ground and take on double teams, which could be the case in some of these senses. A lot of times the center and the guard will double up on a guy like that. But Vincent Taylor, for my money, can really move about the defensive line and get two gaps and pass rush and defend the run and really hold his ground as well. So I think he suits well for that particular defense. Now, could the Dolphins look at bringing a Malcolm Brown from the New England Patriots? 
that's certainly something you can look at. They're going to definitely want to approach the defensive tackle position with more bodies because beyond Taylor and Godshaw, they're really thin at that spot. As far as defensive end goes, this both defensive ends in this defense play a five technique, which is right on the outside of the tackle, and it's more run-based than it is pass rushing. That's why the Patriots really haven't had much of a pass rush production from their defensive ends in recent years, and a lot of times their pressure comes from the linebackers that line up outside of those particular guys and in different blitz packages as well. So as far as what the Dolphins want to do at defensive end, this is where Trey Flowers and that idea really comes into fold because he is a fantastic five-tech. He also kicks inside and plays that two-tech at sometimes as well. He did against the Chargers on Sunday, but the Dolphins nonetheless are going to have to really try to build this defense from that five-tech position because I don't know that they really have anybody that can fill that role currently now going back to the linebacker spots the will linebacker off the edge that could be where Jerome Baker operates and then Raekwon McMillan as that Mike linebacker with tons of space but his role is very clearly defined in terms of picking out a gap and keying on his run fits from there so that's definitely something I think would be a positive for Brian Flores's defense looking at both those linebackers now as far as the Sam backer is that Chase Allen I don't think so I'm operating under the assumption that Kiko Alonso is gone so that position might be somewhere you look to sign as well maybe they look at a guy like a Sean Lee, a reclamation project. I know nobody wants to hear about 30-year-old players coming this way, and Stephen Ross said specifically against that, but they're going to have to find someone that can play that role and fill that out because I don't know if they have the assets to draft it, so we'll see what happens come free agency. I think they're going to want to pair those two linebackers with a solid veteran on the other side. And just as far as the defensive end position goes in terms of what the Dolphins currently have there, I think Charles Harris probably has to convert to more of a linebacker position. I think Cam Wake is completely miscast in this defense and as a free agent for about $8 bucks. We may have seen the last of Cam Wake. I don't want to say that, but that's what my gut feeling is initially. And then Robert Quinn also, to me, not a fit in this defense as he'd be more of a pseudo linebacker role. And that was something he didn't really work out in with the Rams when they transitioned to more of a 3-4 look where he was standing up and playing outside linebacker. So that's kind of a glimpse or a, a precursor to what you can expect with this defense if Brian Flores does go ahead and go forward. Now, as far as what the Patriots did on Sunday against the Chargers, finding a way to get pressure from uniquely designed packages, stunts, twists, games, blitzes, different things they did to create pressure on Phillip Rivers. Very fun to watch. A great plan, a great scheme. I saw them operate with several different variances in their coverage packages in the back end. Cover zero with no safety over the top where you really have to challenge and play physical press on the outside. Cover one with the one free safety. We talked about that with Minka Fitzpatrick possibly playing that role. And then cover three with the cornerbacks playing back in their deep role with a safety take in the center third in the middle of the field. So plenty of different variety for the Patriots. Something the Dolphins never seem to do under Matt Burke or Vance Joseph, the two guys under Adam Gaze. They run that fun amoeba defense, which again, if you guys didn't hear the podcast, from late Friday night with Evan Lazar. We talked about that amoeba defense where guys don't really put their hand in the dirt and kind of line up and move around and disguise where the blitz is coming from. So check that podcast out. You're going to want to do that if you haven't done it yet. Also something you should have checked out over the weekend, my piece up on LockedOnDolphins.com about how the Dolphins passing game woes could be cured by a player like Kyler Murray who could fix a lot of those deficiencies on the offense all on his own doing. We'll do all of that next here on the other side of the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. A bit of a rarity on Divisional Round Sunday for the Miami Dolphins, who have not been a part of Divisional Round Sunday 
since the 2000 season. So it has been some time, and the Dolphins' rival on the other side, the New England Patriots, of course, getting back there again for the eighth consecutive season. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But the Dolphins get in on the news on Sunday from a tweet from Adam Schefter, one of the most reputable insiders in the land and something that kind of has been a topic of contention on Dolphins' Twitter, whether or not you are a true insider. And Adam Schefter is certainly an insider. And per his tweet, he said that the Dolphins' ownership and front office have been telling coaching candidates to be patient in this team and what they want to do with the rebuild aspect and to possibly be able or be ready to wait for the 2020 quarterback class to get a shot at Tua Tungavailoa, Justin Herbert, Jake Fromm, whoever that might be. So if that's the truth, then I can see it. I can see where the tank idea is heading that direction. I still don't think that's entirely going to be the cut and dry of it. As we know, this time of year is definitely draft fodder and plenty of smoke to be had. As Omar Kelly says, which who knows what the hell he knows, but he says there's a quarterback in this class they love, whether that's Dwayne Haskins or Kyler Murray, who knows. But as far as my Kyler Murray infatuation goes, I put it up on LockedOnDolphins.com for you guys to check out. And I took a look at kind of some of the things the Dolphins have struggled at in terms of getting their offense going, which obviously there's plenty of things to point to. But the number one thing that was a big inhibitant this year for the Dolphins offense was the quarterbacks taking unnecessary sacks. And of course, Ryan Tannehill's pocket presence is a four-word phrase that has been thrown about Dolphins fans since he got drafted by the Dolphins back in 2012. Now, I always subscribe to the idea that that was a little bit overrated. He had more athleticism and more recognition to get out of things than people gave him credit for. And while he did take a lot of sacks, he did get out of a lot of pressures throughout the years. But this past season, it all went to hell in a handbasket as he was just unable to get out of pressure by any way, stretch, or form of the imagination. And so I put this column up on LockedOnDolphins.com, exploring the number of times the Dolphins had free rushers coming at their quarterbacks, how many times they sent blitzers at the quarterback, four rushers compared to five, six, or seven, and how many of the sacks were basically because of one free rusher, because of two free rushers, or was it a quarterback error, or did the quarterback in some way contribute to the actual sack itself? And the numbers are very eye popping. I mean, 24 of these total sacks out of the 52 were contributed to by the quarterback himself, and 31 of them came with just one free rusher coming in the quarterback's face, and that's what Kyler Murray does. He makes those guys miss and extends plays beyond that, goes off script, puts himself in a position to throw the football from there, but also takes off and runs for huge gains. I put tons of videos up on that column. Kyler Murray all 22 tape. I was fortunate enough to get some of that, but also some highlight clips from YouTube showing him running for 70-yard touchdowns, escaping the pocket against double pressure, immediate pressure right in his face off of the inside part of the defensive line, and then throwing dimes down the field. Just check that out up on LockedOnDolphins.com. It's a very in-depth look at Kyler Murray and shows you guys why I'm so, so infatuated with what he is as a player. Despite the size, I don't care about it. He's a tremendous player. The 5,362 total yards, 56 touchdowns, just an unreal player at Oklahoma. And I hope the Dolphins' plan is to go get him because that's how things can turn around in a hurry. And I talk about that in the piece with the ability to adapt for some of the deficiencies, whereas you don't have to go out and sign five offensive linemen to get things cranking in the right direction. So will the Dolphins sell out and go for him? Will they wait till 2020? Who knows? They're not going to tell us what their actual plans are. We'll find that out come April which is still a whopping three months away. And currently in January, we're talking about NFL playoffs. And once again, the Patriots are dominant and sharp, a complete parallel 
to Miami's futility over recent years with their eight straight trip to the AFC Championship game. But I do think that the Patriots will lose next weekend to the Kansas City Chiefs, who looked amazing in their own right. And if you really want to see, going back to my previous little monologue there, how you can quickly spark a franchise, just look no further than Patrick Mahomes. And I know they were good before he got there, but they are ready right now to contend because of that electric young man pulling the strings there at quarterback for them. So... I'm recording this podcast before the Eagles and Saints kick off. I wanted to get it out of the way for my Sunday night. I have some homework tonight and boo on that. But the Eagles and Saints, I pretty, I'm pretty sure the Saints will come away with a win in that game. The home teams have looked awfully prepared this weekend for division around weekend as the Rams down the Cowboys last night on Saturday. Chris Richard now available. Just in case Brian Flores were to say no for some reason, there's still a potential open route there for Richard, I suppose. But don't count on it. Brian Flores is the guy. He is their guy. That's who it's going to be. So that gives us Patriots and Chiefs on championship weekend next Sunday and Rams and possibly Saints, maybe the Eagles. I'm going to go ahead and say it's the Saints, but that could change as you guys hear this podcast. Probably the four best teams in the league gives us some good football for the weekend. Hopefully it's been pretty bad so far in the playoffs and it gives us another week of rooting against the Patriots. We'll preview all of those games at the end of the week, but that's going to be it for the Monday podcast. And if you guys have a smart speaker, tell your smart speaker to play Locked On Dolphins podcast, as that is something we are now equipped for here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just another avenue for you to listen to the podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Also, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Give me a follow on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Keep up to date on our Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Now look at this. Madness the magnet keeps attracting me. I try to run, but see I'm not that fast. I think I'm first, but surely finish last. Last. Cause day and night, the lonely stoner seems to fall.